to the Clients and Conversions Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Clem, and I've helped fellow entrepreneurs and business owners just like you harness the power of social media to grow your audience by the hundreds, 2x their launch sales, and have client leads banging down the door to book a call with you. And I'm the first to say that hustling and searching hours online for your next client or student is not the vital ingredient to your success or even your happiness. This podcast is for driven entrepreneurs, from coaches to course creators and everything in between, to access practical and actionable tactics on everything from how to get clients with Instagram advertising, and really unlock the keys from sales and social media to get growth with the simplest tools possible, while keeping it just long enough to get you through your walk, drive, or workout. So stick with us for this episode and the ones to come so you can get more clients and sales in less time. Now let's get into it. Hey guys, today we have on Christina Shali, who is an on-demand CFO with 20 plus years of experience, who's obsessed with the magic of numbers and the story they tell that helps entrepreneurs build a better business. She supports mission-driven female entrepreneurs to overcome their math PTSD and show them how to connect the dots between their financial numbers and create a business that fuels the life you want to live. Welcome to the podcast, Christina. Thank you, Danielle. Happy to be here. I am too. And especially for a lot of people, I think right now, during the time we're in, even I think at any time in life, finance is, and money is really one of the biggest questions and most recurring questions that entrepreneurs and people in general have throughout their days, weeks, months, and years. So I can't wait to go into this, but before we do, I love to start with kind of like your journey to what led you here. So I love to hear a little bit of kind of like how you grew up to what led you to going down this path. Oh, okay. Um, I never thought that finance is going to where I end up. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people probably thinking, uh, you know, I always love finance. Actually, I had math PTSD when I was growing up, believe it or not. It was such a bad experience that I hated math. And so when I was growing up, what I wanted to do initially, I want to become an engineer. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I'm like, oh, I don't like physics. So forget about engineering. I'm not going there. Then I started thinking like, oh, maybe I want to be marketing. And then the only reason I chose marketing because I want to travel. And then Mm -hmm. somehow marketing and sales, I thought I'm going to travel the world. (laughs) That was my initial thought. Okay. But anyway, so when when I got to college, uh, I went to business school, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that my dad told me, he said, why don't you try accounting? right? And then I wanted to go to finance. He said, go to accounting because, you know, the, the history of numbers, if you know what is going on at the foundation level, you will mm. be able to understand how a company grow to the next yeah. level. All the data it's coming, it's, it's in, the, in the accounting. That's what he said. So I said, okay, fine, whatever. So I did. I, uh, I went to accounting. I didn't think about finance. And, you know, I spent the first 10 years of my career in large consulting and auditing firm. So mm-hmm. I was working for medium to large public companies where I got involved with senior management, looking at the financial statement, understanding the results, learn the best practice and also the worst practice in this large companies right? Yeah. So I learned what is good for a business and then what is not good uh, for a business in terms of financial processes and then the type of strategy that they implemented in their companies. 
then you know during my after my uh 10th year i kind of find like you know what like i mean as an auditor you walk into public companies you got the end result you got this financial statement you audit it you analyze it you gave your recommendation and that's it i don't know what is the result did the company grow because of my recommendation or what right mm. so i said okay you know what this is not what i want so i left a public accounting auditing firm and then i joined a medium size uh, uh what is it Medi- medium sized public companies in toronto Mm. And I joined as a finance leader where I manage uh, multi locations in in the world, right? Um, there I learn how to connect the dots. I learn how to connect accounting to finance because no matter what, like in small businesses, bookkeeping that is your basis, right? Mm. Because that is recording your day to day transaction. But the next level that is managing. Your money, and then also understanding what those numbers are really telling you. Yeah. This is where budgeting, forecasting, you know, what if analysis, scenario analysis, those are coming into play, especially in this situation that we are in right now, that we are in a crisis. The financial knowledge, the financial skills that. I found a lot of business owner don't like to do. It's so critical, yeah. right? So I spent the next ten years of my career in this public companies. Then what I realized, I'm like something is missing in my journey. I just felt when I work with this public companies, I felt that I, we, or the senior manager management become a slave to the investors and to the lenders. They forgot their mission, and the focus become profit only. Be, you know, you put a guidance out there as public companies because you have a certain standard. You have to let the public knows what are you projecting for the next twelve months, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you don't hit the result, basically the investors are coming back to you and then asking you question: Why are you not hitting the profit level that you told us? And the lender going to come back to us and say, "Hey, we're expecting you to pay us this much. How come you're not able to pay this much, right?" So it's all become money. It's losing the soul, mm. right? And you know, throughout through through in the last two years over there, I just felt like something is just calling me. And I went to networking event, and then I met a lot of women entrepreneurs that are so. Passionate about creating a positive force in this world, right? Mm-hmm. Some of them they want to save the environment. Some of them want to create like a quality job for other women, right? And I just, I just found like, wow, that is so amazing. All these women have a different concept about business than public companies. But then the next thing that I realized, they have they are so passionate about their mission, they forget that it no matter what it's still a business. Mm-hmm. You still need to make money. You still need to have a sustainable and profitable business. That's when I have a light bulb moment, and then I said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave corporate, 
And I'm going to help mission-driven women entrepreneurs to find balance between their mission and profit. Yeah, that's a huge thing that so many people need. And I mean, especially for female entrepreneurs, including myself and those who I know, like you yeah. said, they are the visionary. They are the people who can see their uh, the impact they want to create, but they're not as consistent <laughs> to look at the numbers, whether it be financially, whether it be for me, um, their ad numbers or whatever it is, because yeah. they're so focused, which I, I love is they are the vision holder. But yeah. if you don't have that kind of balance between knowing, okay, but what is the actual numbers and what are they showing? It really, like you said, it really leads to um, a result that you might not really want or could have honestly strayed away from if you would have looked at this prior. Correct. And then I think without a profitable business, um, it's hard to achieve the mission, mm -hmm. right? Like it doesn't matter. I. But here's the thing, though. I, I don't know what you found, Daniel, but what I found is that a lot of women feel guilty because mm. they find like money is uh, it's an evil thing, right? They, they, they think that if I have money, if I make a lot of money, if I, have, if I make profit, then my mission becomes earning more money instead yeah. of focusing on creating this positive force in the world in this world right and I think I honestly I battle with that right like my battle when I was working for corporate I battle between being a good mom being a good wife that stay home don't need to travel mm -hmm. and then making good money making good income I struggle with that so I I think as women we feel guilty that if we make good money yeah. And we worry that we cannot focus on our mission. I agree. And that's something, like you said, that so many women, even including myself, when I first started to now, the more that you like income level jump to, you have to like reassess your own beliefs around that, yes. around that as well. But yes. even for me, when I found that there's, I have a couple of friends who are um, entrepreneurs who are guys and Although obviously everyone has their own money beliefs because men are conditioned to, you know, silently provide, provide they don't yes. have as much gunk around finance or like money as mm -hmm. we as women do. Mm -hmm. So I love that we're re really having this conversation because it's something that either we tend to stray away from or that we don't kind of want to look at because, you know, it's not the the vision or the creative or whatever it might be that is kind of like their zone of genius. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. So I want to go into this then as well, really diving into this time that we're currently in, whether you're listening to this now, months from now or so forth, mm -hmm. is we're, we've currently economically been hit with a little bit of a crisis of Craziness. Sorts. Craziness. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. And I think a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, are really trying to figure out how do you kind of navigate this path so that way you're still obviously bringing in profit. You're still obviously being able to grow your business and not going under or not having these struggles that I see a lot of people who just started out their business a couple months ago who don't have the like the infrastructure are really finding. So how do you kind of help out people who say like, hey, I'm currently in the space of, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm currently in this like weird economic craziness. What do I really do to create that kind of like 
financial resilience in this time. Yep. So when the crisis first happened, a lot of my clients came to me and then, you know, they shake their head and I'm like, what am I going to do now? I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, take a step back. And then basically as a business owner, as a leader, you need to be able to take a 60,000 feet overview. Mm-hmm. So imagine yourself that you are standing on top of a mountain and you're looking down. Okay. You have to be able to create what I call what if analysis. So what, what if analysis, it's very important to know how much your business can handle a stress. Mm. So let's say uh, this is where you work with different scenario, right? Because let's say back in December 2019, you were project, projecting a certain amount of uh, profitability from your business, right? Mm, yeah. now we are in a crisis situ- situation right now. You have to be able to say, what if my revenue dropped by 20%? What if my revenue dropped by 30%? Mm. So that is scenario one, scenario two. And then what is your worst case scenario? What if my revenue dropped by 50%? Mm. This is all example, okay? Every business owner have to determine that based on the best available information because I am very sure right now you already experienced some drop and then you are trying to figure out how are you going to pivot. Mm. Some business owner are going to be able to pivot really quickly. Some don't, right? Yeah. It's really depend on the level of experience that you have right now. How long have you been in business? But every single business owner need to be able to stand on this mountain and looking down and then work on this what-if analysis. So once you figure out, okay, if my revenue dropped by 20%, the next level that you have to go down is understand your fixed expenses. One of the key things about fixed expenses, okay, doesn't matter your revenue dropped by 20%, 30%, or 50%. Your fixed expenses is going to stay the same. Mm-hmm. If at this moment your fixed expenses is $50,000, it's going to stay the same even though your revenue drop by 50%. Okay? Yeah. So that's one area that you have to watch. The next level, then you're going to go to your variable expenses. In a normal situation, variable expenses are the type of expenses, if your revenue increase, your variable expenses will increase. If your revenue drop, your variable expenses will also drop. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's say that you are working on a scenario of 20%. If your revenue drop by 20%, you can assume for, you know, concept uh, point, you're going to assume your variable expenses going to drop by 20% as well. The mm-hmm. same thing with 30%. Your variable expenses drop by 30%. Now, 50% variable expenses drop by 50%. What is the end result? This is where the key point, right? You're going to be able, once you do the scenario analysis, you're going to be able to know where do you stand with your profit, mm. okay? And then for small business owner, profit is basically, you use that to grow, right? To grow the business. Now, if you were, let, when you look at this profit, you're going to say, oh my God, at 50%, 
I have a lot instead of a profit. But yeah. wait a minute, at 20%, maybe that's my break-even level, okay? So this is where I said why I believe strongly what if analysis is your 60,000 feet level overview about your business. Before you go to any details, understand this. And then you're going to break it down into smaller action. Then your action is going to be more strategic. So I'm going to stop there first. And if you want to ask me further questions, please do before I go to the next level. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and yeah, I'll give examples too, because I think it'll be helpful as well. So for those who don't know or haven't really delved much into this, so I forgot to mention as well, I got a bachelor's in business. So I took accounting. Mm -hmm. I personally hated accounting. I got through it. I passed, but I did not <laughs> care for it. But for me, that's those those terms I understand. So I'll, I'll kind of, for those who don't, or maybe didn't go to business school, which you don't really have to for entrepreneurship. But what I found is like fix, fixed expenses are going to be a lot for you. You have a lot of software. For example, if you have a website, like you have a monthly membership or the monthly hosting, or you have um, some type of like Google G Suite, mine's always going to be $6 a month until I move it up or down to like different users. Those are going to be your fixed costs. And that's mm -hmm. kind of why our fixed expenses. And I want to say those to people in case they're wondering like, what is that variable usually for me? And I'm just giving examples on my own business because I think it's helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. variable is like my virtual assistant, you know, she usually mm -hmm. gets a certain amount depending on how much time she tracks for certain projects. It's just going to mm -hmm. go up or down depending on what I have her do during that time. So during this kind of like crisis, if you don't already have some type of spreadsheet of sorts, Google sheet, whatever it might be going over and, and telling every single membership, like monthly recurring subscription that's going to be in your fixed expenses and then anything where it's like va work or website designer one time that kind of thing is going to be your variable and really start to tally that up because what i do just as an example before we move on to it is once a month i actually go in and review my fixed expenses and i see okay do i still need every single one of these and i have it funny enough i actually have it as like the red green or yellow light system where mm -hmm. if it's like yellow it's like i kind of don't need it but i'm okay with it now greens i have it and I, I need it red's like i need to let it go for the next month and mm -hmm. that's how something that i've done when it comes to reevaluating this expenses because obviously those are going to be congruent each every month um mm -hmm. so just as a quick fun tip for those who might want to learn about that but i really love what you mentioned around really looking into this and applying those numbers between the 20 30 and 50 percent because let's be honest, for a lot of entrepreneurs, you might have a certain kind of like minimum threshold of like, you know, the amount of revenue you usually are going to have. And then mm -hmm. it fluctuates depending on the clients you have or products and so forth. And it's really helpful to have these scenarios, whether it's for finance or for in life, because you need to have an action plan. And the easiest way to have one of those action plans is by knowing your numbers. So feel free to go on to the next level because I think for a lot of people hearing that and knowing like, okay, maybe your revenue might be up and down throughout the month, but find that medium amount, that average amount of revenue you take in for the last couple months, use that as your baseline and then calculate the 20%, 30%, 50% from there. Don't just try and go for like your highest month, try and calculate from there because it's no, probably not going to be not. <laughs> and then I, I, that is a very great point. I think when you are dealing with uncertain situation and then there is a possible of economic downturn, mm -hmm. you have to apply 
you have to be conservative. Yeah. You have to hope for the best, plan for the worst. Okay, and it's not scarcity mindset. Don't think of it like that, but think about how can I be proactive at this moment instead of reactive. That's yeah. why the scenario analysis help you to be proactive right now, because you know, if for some people, especially an agency model where your people, your staff, payroll. That is your biggest fixed expenses, mm-hmm. right? And then you want to protect them, right? Yeah. If you want to protect your team, that means there are certain things that you have to let go. Once you are done with this what if analysis, I suggest for business owner to basically go to your fixed expenses line by line and determine which you know your top five. Mm-hmm. Under scenario, uh, if your revenue dropped by 20%, which fixed expenses you're going to let go? Which variable expenses you're going to let go? Under yeah. 30%, what are you going to let go under each bucket? Same That's thing really with good. 50%. What are you going to let go? Why do I want you to do this? Because when suddenly your uh, plan to pivot to create an online course or to create a new offering with a cheaper price so that people want to buy. I'm not saying that you should, right? But if that is what you are thinking and then suddenly it didn't work, you know what you need to do the next thing, right? Yeah. So w- when you look at all this option, you already on a ready mode. You are, again, you are hope for the best but you are planned for the worst, right? So yeah. you're going to go right away and then you're going to be proactive instead of when suddenly your revenue dropped by 50%, you're like stunned and mm-hmm. you are in the panic mode, right? But when you do this what if analysis, then you're going to know what is the next action you need to take under each scenario when it happens. Mm, I hope that makes sense. It does. And I think that's something that a lot of people need to listen to over again because it it's something that so many of us kind of have an idea of, oh, there's certain expenses that I probably shouldn't do or I don't really need. But there's also ones like, for example, I think the two that come to mind that are the most I need them at all times is obviously my website host, my email marketing platform, and mm-hmm. then another one that just is fully escaping my brain. But knowing that those two are what are those main, t- one of those or two of those main top five, I know that those aren't going to fluctuate. And I've actually had it where other entrepreneurs know that, okay, maybe their website one is too expensive for them. So they're going to drop down to a lower one for now, or they're going to drop down to a lower uh, course hosting platform. Exactly. Exactly. And then I think that is where you're going to be proud of yourself because when the situation, instead of letting your emotion guide you, mm. you become, you already have a plan in mind, right? I'm not going to say that it has to be a perfect plan, but you have a plan. It's going to help you to be more uh, using your logic more than your emotion, right? Yeah. I mean, this is such an emotional time for everybody, including myself. 
don't get me wrong. I'm a business owner too. So I have to go through this exercise for my own business. Right. But, Mm. you know, after, you know, a week ago, we were like all in panic mode. Mm -hmm. You, You have to go back to your center and then take your emotion out for now. And then let's take, you know, think logically. What do I need to do now? Right. So that is, you know, that is one tool that you can use for your business. Okay. And it's something that I really want people to realize like that, those type of, those type of exercises are going to pay off so much more and so much longer than just kind of trying to tally up in your head because I feel like a lot of people will be like oh I, I think I probably know yes. sitting down and doing the work and doing that time will save you so much mental like mental energy and mental space because yes. let's be honest a lot of us right now need as much mental space and as much mental energy yes. as we can get absolutely and then I think if you can give that space because you already know you already have an action plan I think that's going to help you in the long run right I agree. And I think this is actually a great mention too, because we talked a lot around kind of like understanding your expenses, understanding that, okay, revenue might drop, revenue might kind of go up or down, depending Mm -hmm. on like which industry you're in. Mm -hmm. What do you say when people are, you know, in this kind of like cash flow issue, who might be wondering, well, obviously the government might be helping out, but not a lot. Do I go into like more credit cards? Do I go into what? So what's your normal um, kind of like conversation about that? Okay, so before I jump into that, there is another thing that I want to suggest for your listeners, okay? Mm. Once you understand the 60,000 feet level overview about, you know, under this different scenario, the next thing that I suggest is to do a 13 weeks rolling cash flow, Mm. okay? So you basically need to understand where your cash balance at the end of each week for the next 13 weeks because Mm. right now it's very hard for business owners to think beyond short term right but three months you know like you need to think about that even like you know for me you have to think beyond uh three months but you know at the very least you need to do this 13 weeks rolling cash flow because mm-hmm. now you already have your what if analysis that I share under a different scenario. And then I know a lot of a lot of your listener probably gonna say, Man, how am I gonna do this? This is a lot of work. Trust me, if you do this, you're gonna be more at ease. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then my suggestion when you do this 13 weeks rolling cash flow, if you have the time, do it under each scenario based on the decision that you make which fixed expenses and variable expenses you want to let go under each scenario Mm. so you basically have week one until week 13 you understand at the at the very top you're going to say what is my cash inflow and from where right different Mm. offering that you are uh, you are putting out there you break it down by offer and then you go line by line fixed expenses what are my line item for fixed expenses and then which in which week am I going to pay for that right mm. and then go down to your variable expenses and then you do the same and then you update it at the end of every week with the actual numbers 
Why do you want to do that? Because when you're looking forward to the next 13 weeks, you will be able to see at which week you're going to have an active cash flow. Mm. Right? Because you're going to experience that. Right? Yeah. So if you are looking ahead, and then let's say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give an example. Let's say you have to pay uh, a subcontractor, like, a, I don't know, like you have to pay rent. For example, mm-hmm. if you have an agency model, right? You have to pay rent at the, at the beginning of each month. Yeah. Now, what can you do next? Because you're saying, I don't have enough money to pay that rent, okay? Then one option you can do, you're going to go to your landlord because your landlord, instead of uh, not getting any money at all, they want to receive some money. Mm-hmm. You can work out a deal with them. Right. That's yeah. one option. I'm not going to say that it's all going to work all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you have suppliers, you talk to your suppliers and be honest and they will appreciate you because they you gave them a leeway because you are planning, you know, four weeks in advance or eight weeks in advance. They appreciate that you're giving them a heads up instead yeah. of last minute, say, you know, at the beginning of the month and then you say to your landlord or your suppliers and they say, I cannot pay you. Mm. When you have a little bit more leeway, your suppliers will be able, hopefully, people is going to be more understanding during this time, right? Because they need cash as well, right? So you're going to go to them and then say, can we pay only 50% this month? And then maybe, you know, when you see which week that you can cover the other 50%, right? Or you can work like a payment term with them. That's one way. That's actually a really good note because I think a lot of people don't realize that a lot of companies or like you said, suppliers or whoever, you know, your your main big costs are from, a lot Mm -hmm. of them, especially right now, are going to be more open to doing, Mm -hmm. you know, different plans or I've heard of it before, even prior to to the uh, crisis around I think it's like PG&E or like electrical or electricity companies gas companies they are pretty um what's it called flexible yeah lenient with that and the biggest thing is you have to ask you have like and have those numbers available so you can say okay I'm projecting this and this time is when I'll be able to have that switch come over but I really recommend for a lot of you is like you have to step into that leader role of yourself, especially for your finances and start mm-hmm. to ask those questions or to see who's going to be able to do that, who company might not be able to, because that can really save your butt another week than you not asking yes. or just assuming they're not going to be flexible. So let's, let's just take an example of us as a business owner, right? If we have our best clients or our clients come to us mm. four, four weeks in advance, and then they said, hey, you know what, Daniel or Christina, like, I have a problem, right? Even though we, we may need the cash, but we probably going to be creative and figure out something. Because at the end of the day, we rather receive a small amount of cash than nothing at all. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, but the key is that you are not dropping the bomb at the last minute. Mm. You are planning for it. And people yeah. at this time appreciate it. That's why 
you know, the 13 weeks rolling cash flow is such an important thing for your business right now, right? And then you also mentioned earlier about should people use credit card, Mm. okay? Mm -hmm. My personal opinion, if if you've been in business for quite some time, and then I know there are several uh, uh, platforms that is offering a short-term loan or line of credit, and then one example, and then I'm going to give a shout out to Cabbage. I don't know if you heard Cabbage.com. No, I haven't. Okay. So you you want to look them up. And then actually, I, ha- um, I will have the CEO of Cabbage uh, on my podcast this coming oh, awesome. week. Right? So she, she talked about how can, her, how can her company help small business owners. And then the reason, the reason I like their platform, because their rules, um, and then this is what I read on the website and then also talking to her. They approve people uh, on the basis if you have been having consist uh, 50,000 in, uh, what is it, revenue mm-hmm. over the last 12 months. That's one rule, okay? Mm-hmm. And another one that they're looking at is that if you have a certain amount of income over the last three months, I think it's 4200 you have to check their website right mm. they can approve a certain amount of loan mm. that's wow. one thing right that's and nice. then they can approve it in 7 minutes believe it or not wow right so yeah. instead of using credit card because credit card has a high interest charges right yeah. if that is your only source i I cannot stop you from doing it. My only caution, if you are going to be using your credit card in this situation, I want you to include that credit card interest and that credit card payment, how much you can afford to pay in your 13 weeks rolling cash flow. Mm. Because only then you're going to understand if you're going to have the money even to pay for the minimum payment, right? Yeah. So if if you don't have any other option, that's what you need to do. But if you can go to your bank and then apply for a line of credit and then go to, um, what is it, to an online platform like Cabbage, which is very big in the U.S. actually, then go there and mm-hmm. then look it up and then see how they can help you. They also open their platform to work with the government because I know in the U.S. you guys also receive funding like Mm -hmm. the SBA loan, right? Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of financial institutions right now are working with the government to flow their funds, right? So look that up, especially if you've been responsible and then you've been, you are at a certain level, you can use this, um, you can use short-term financing. But again, before you go to your financial institution, if you go to your financial financial institution without a plan, they're mm. not going to be confident with you. Yeah. Right? But if you have a plan and then you can show your 13 weeks rolling cash flow, and then another thing is that they're normally looking at your 12 months forecast, right? Then they're going to have more confidence. Because you go up to them with a plan instead of coming and then just say, I need the money. Because yeah. they need to know 
are you a qualified borrower that I can trust? Eventually, at a certain point in time, you are going to pay me back. And I think what's really great about this too is realizing, like you said, for a lot of you who are listening to this, if you are someone who obviously, if you're mostly an online entrepreneur, you really shouldn't have too many expenses to where you need that much. But if you need to do a small, like you said, a small loan of credit or a small line of it, that's okay. Just like you said, you have to put it into your own uh, cash on your own analysis or else yeah. it's going to be your blind spot and it'll come up to, it'll kind of like hit you in the face later on and yes, you realize exactly. you have to do and that. Then, yeah. And then suddenly you, you know, you, you're going to be reactive and then mm-hmm. you're going to say, okay, what am I going to do now? And then by then it's too late because you already need the money. Exactly. But if you do the planning and then you, you, if you have a good relationship with your bank, even now, I know that both government, like both U.S. and Canada, are still trying to figure out, like, what does this loan mean? What does this packages, packages mean, right? For, yeah. um, and then how is this going to uh, help business owner? What are the terms and all that stuff? This is the time for you to plan, right? So really when is. the time is ready, when you need to go to the bank, you are ready. And then it's also a good time to build the relationship with your bank. You know, go to your yeah. account manager and then basically show the plan. Be proactive and then show the plan. This is what I'm looking at. I don't know what's going to happen, but here are the action that I am taking. Here are the, the type of offering that I'm going to do. This is are my forecast. This is my short-term uh, cash balances. How can you help me? I cannot emphasize, you know, how critical, how important right now to be honest and communicate with people around you, your suppliers, your clients, and even your bank. Yeah, it's huge. And I want to go one last note before we move on to the rapid fire round around this, because I really want to say to those who are in the space of first not having a plan, please start with the what if scenarios because and tallying up your fixed expenses and variable expenses because that's going to be one of the best ways to at least have you start to realize what your numbers are going to look like or at least have some idea of that. Moving into that 13 week kind of just understanding that, okay, this is kind of the situation or average or amount that most likely is going to be coming in this time, and then go and use that as a plan to either communicate that to your bank if you need to do some type of loan, communicate that to even your, if you're married or if you're with someone, telling them as well, I think is really important because they have an investment, whether it be emotional to you or whatever it might be. I think it's really important to talk about your finances with your people who are around you to keep you accountable, but even more so is to help them realize where you're at as well, because maybe they need to step up a little bit more too. And this is the time that they need to do it. That's true. And then, you know, another thing is that your personal pay, whatever you're taking out from your business, you also have to look at your personal lifestyle, right? How much can you cut? Because you may have to take less than before, right? Mm -hmm. So I know that this is all concept and it's probably confusing, but I have a template for both the what if analysis and then the 13 week cash flow that I will, you know, share the link with Danielle and then Danielle, you can put it uh, on your show note if you want to. Yes, please. Uh, 
we'll have her send that over after this. So it'll be in the show notes by the time that you guys see this. But I think for a lot of you, please start at least with the what if scenario. And most likely you're going to realize, okay, now, now I need to go into 13 week. Um, yeah. But I just, I really want people to realize that this is the time that you are being urged to take leadership of your finances, of your business and of your life and lifestyle. And if you don't, you're going to keep getting behind further and not only, you know, income and expenses, but later on your own business. So this is just a really big note for, for that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, take action, be proactive. That's, you know, my whole message is that think of this crisis, you know, as a leader, how can I be proactive? So I still have a business at the end of it. Exactly. So I want to give that and leave that for everyone else. I love to end most of the episodes around what I call the rapid fire round, which is kind of like five questions that'll help audiences know a little bit more about you. So it's just like the first idea, thought, or sentence that comes into your brain around these questions. So are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. <laughs> awesome. All right. So favorite book you've ever read or currently reading? Okay. I'm not going to share a book, but I'm going to share a movie that I just watched. <laughs> and then I really love it. And then it has a book. Okay, it has a okay. book, but I haven't read the book. So now because I watched the movie, I cannot read the book. Okay, it's I don't know if you heard about Madam T.J. Walker. The name sounds really familiar. Okay, so she is America's first woman millionaire. And then mm. why I love this movie, it's on Netflix, right? And then the, the, the movie is being created based on a book called On Her Ground. Mm. Uh, on her own ground, the life and times of Madam T.G. Walker. I'm going to tell mm. you why I love this and then what I learned from this movie, okay? Number one, it basically say that movie remind me that to be successful, you, are act, you cannot be alone. Mm. What I mean you cannot be alone, there is always somebody in your life that is supporting you. It could be your family, your husband, your daughter, your mom, your dad right? Or your communities and other women, Mm. right? Or other entrepreneurs in general, right? You cannot do it alone. You need to support to be successful. That is number one. Number two, when in, in a journey to become a successful entrepreneur, there will be times in your business where you have to make a decision to let go profit and stay on your mission, Mm. right? And then this is why I love that movie because she made one decision where she let go profit to continue with her mission to support women entrepreneurs, right? And it's, it's a big message for me. I'm definitely going to watch that movie later this yes, week. Yes, you have to. You have to. It's a good one. Okay, that's definitely noted because I've been needing some type of new documentary movie type of things. Yes. This works out great. Yes. Um, next question is, what is something that you're not very good at or working to get better at? <laughs> High-intensity training. Have you heard? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to catch better at because I'm like my heart is pumping so hard after 10 minutes and then I have to do it for 30 minutes oh my gosh (laughs) I don't know how you do it for 30 minutes I did I've done hit training here and there and it's great but man does it tire you out within like the first 15 minutes yes (laughs) but anyway that's what I want to get better at (laughs) (laughs) okay that's so good um okay so what is one characteristic that you believe every entrepreneur needs to have Okay, so 
always be generous mm. and always give value. That is something that I believe because this is going to relate to another one that I think a lot of entrepreneurs should have in their mind. Digging your own well before you are thirsty. This is going mm. back to the message that I just said about Madam C.J. Walker. You have to build a relationship with people around you with generosity because you you need their support and in that support you cannot expect to receive the support right now because if you are giving generosity you cannot expect that something's going to happen right now for you it mm -hmm. you know you never know in the future you're going to collaborate with that person that person's going to refer you to somebody else or that person can be your client but yeah. keep that in mind because you need people around you that's so true. Okay, last two questions. My, this is probably my favorite one, but what does success look like to you in your own eyes? Success, okay. If I can take off two months <laughs> out of my business <laughs> every year and travel with my son because we have a list of countries that we want to visit. He's a foodie. Like he loves <laughs> to try different food, right? Mm -hmm. That's going to be success for me. <laughs> I love that so much. And I fully agree. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Travel is definitely one of the, I think the best mile markers, even for myself when it comes to success, because that's really living the success versus just kind of achieving it. Exactly. I, that's, if I can do that, you know, two months on the road with my son traveling, I love that. That's going to be success. That's so great. Okay, well, we talked so much around not only a journey, but especially around kind of what people need to start doing in this time to really help get better about their finances and just their overall understanding of their business at this time. So I'd love for you to talk about a little bit of the current workings or things that people kind of need right now that you have that you can help them out with, whether it be um, services, programs. I know they need you. They need more of you. So I'd love for you yeah. to let them know a little bit about that and where they can find you. Yes. So um, I already said earlier that, you know, I'm going to give a template that you guys can download. And then if you need further advice, you can connect with me through my podcast. It's Her CEO Journey, the business finance podcast for women entrepreneurs. I love to have you in there because I give, I share a lot of tips in there in my solo episode. And then also that I have a lot of women up entrepreneurs upcoming episode where they share how they navigate all this crisis, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'm bringing in like financial experts to help everybody to understand what are their options. Because line of credit, cabbage is only one option. There are many other options that you can, you can explore right? To help yeah. you out during this uh, tough time. And then also listening to other women entrepreneurs who are pivoting in their business during this crisis, or maybe the crisis in the past in 2008 to 2009. So visit me on my podcast, and then I'll give you the link, Danielle, to the template. Awesome. And that'll be all down below. So you guys can find her there and also at her website, which is christinashawlee.com. And also obviously everywhere, LinkedIn, social media, all those links will be down below. But I just want to say thank you so much, Christina, for coming on, for sharing your knowledge and really making a lot of this more actionable for people to know where to start and have a better idea of their numbers. Thank you so much, Danielle. This has been fun. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Bye guys. Bye.
for listening to today's episode. I am so excited that you were able to go through it and get some actionable tips out of it. For next steps, make sure you go to daniellecleum.com slash ad breakdown to get the complete ad breakdown around what one Insta ad did to help create 559 client leads and 20% sales increase in launch. Make sure to go ahead there to do that and DM me at Clem to go in deeper to the conversation. And last but not least, make sure to leave a rating and review so that this podcast can get out to more amazing people like yourself.